Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Welcome back to the From the Back Tees podcast. Today's Monday, July 26th. We're back. Before we get started, I want to let you guys know about our lead sponsor, Ghost Golf. Ghost Golf, they're our exciting new sponsor who specializes in golf accessories and clothing. They've developed a magnetic towel, which will soon become your seven iron's best friend and your greenside caddy. Ghost Golf is an innovative company when it comes to golf accessories, just recently releasing their any day golf bag and of anything from hats to golf tees for your needs. Check out Ghost Golf at ghostgolf.com and sign up today to receive their newsletter and be up to date on their latest releases and golf news. Well, we're back. We had a couple weeks off there. I know, uh, Things have been getting crazy. I was in Montreal with the family. Nolan's got a new house. Reed's on, like, the other side of the world. That's why he's not here today. Reed Martin, that is. But, Nolan, not to confuse anyone, we got a special guest today. We do, Zach. Yep. Uh, Standing in for Reed Martin, uh, we have Reed Hayes. Reed, um, glad to have you on. We're glad we could, you know, figure it out. It's always so hard to get schedules aligned when you got these podcasts you got people in different time zones um but so glad to finally have you on yeah that zach i mean i've been mia for the past couple weeks uh trying to get moved into a new house so that's been an adventure in itself but glad to finally be back with the ftbt team and reed uh tell us a little bit about yourself how you got into golf obviously um, uh, the big reason we want to have you on here is, uh, you started your own, uh, apparel company, Asgard Golf. So we're going to want to know a ton about that. Um, where, where are you from and where are you living now? Let's start there. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, lived all over the United States. Um, and, uh, recently moved back to Chattanooga, Tennessee about, uh, two years ago. So I lived all over from Atlanta to LA to Boston. And, uh, and now I'm uh, currently the, uh, the founder and CEO of Asgard Golf. And uh, effectively what Asgard is, it's a exclusive uh, golf apparel brand designed and made to be worn by golfers who are deemed worthy based off of their either raw golf skill, their talent or their personality and just playing effectively bold golf. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I found you guys on Instagram and uh, I, I love your guys like take, I mean, I'm going to, I'm a big time Marvel nerd. So um, obviously the Asgard thing caught my eye right away and your guys like different levels um, according to the characters, you know, that we uh, accompany with Asgard um, is pretty cool. It's a pretty unique spin on things. Um, and yeah, I, I hope you guys, I wish you guys the best. I think this will, um, this will be great to see, you know, we always like working with up and coming, up and coming companies and spreading the word out about, uh, those type of companies. Um, cause you know, sometimes the, the Nikes, the, uh, foot joys, the Adidas of the world grow stale and, uh, we'd like to see something fresh out there. So, uh, give us a little background on yourself then, Reed. What uh, what else have you done? I know you told us, but let the listeners know um, kind of what else you've done. I know this isn't your first venture. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so 
uh, been most of my career in like the machine learning AI space at you know companies like Volkswagen and Coca-Cola. Uh, went and did my master's at MIT, um, where I studied like economics, innovation, uh, and entrepreneurship. Uh, while I was there, I built a company and founded a company called Rendever that does virtual reality for elderly care. So I think grandmother, grandfather who's stuck in a system in the community, they can't go see their granddaughter get married. Uh, we built a whole virtual reality platform uh, to allow them to go experience the world and expand the world effectively. Um, after, you know, built, uh, uh, you know, Rendever made it successful. Uh, then I went over to Disney uh, and led their innovation team uh, for Disney theme parks, cruise ships, and consumer products. Uh, always been a big fan of mythology, Norse mythology, Greek mythology, all of, um, you know, uh, tales and things like that. And uh, obviously fell even more in love with like Thor and Loki and Odin, uh, you know, at my time at Disney and getting to work with some of these characters and do some really cool you know, product innovation, uh, then, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to be able to move back to my hometown and, uh, you know, join a company called Unum, where I'm the, the global head of data science and AI. And uh, I've always kind of had a, a passion for, you know, the game of golf and, um, you know, stall, you know, kind of grew up in the game. My father uh, used to own a golf course and I worked there as a weed eater from a very, very young age and just always been around the game. And uh, saw kind of like an opportunity in the sense that, um, you know, I think that golfers generally crave uh, one really, you know, high quality, you know, gear and apparel and golf clubs and, you know, improving their game. But then also I feel that a lot of golfers kind of gravitate to like cool stories and like, you know, companies that have a cool background. Um, and that could be things like, you know, Mira irons, uh, where they're, you know, hand forging the irons, people are kind of drawn to that. And I, I kind of view, you know, the certain golf clubs, you know, they, they can make them forge and make them a little bit better. But a lot of the times I think that people, you know, get passionate about, uh, some of the qualitative aspects of brands and, uh, you know, with Asgard, I wanted to, you know, blend in, you know, the things I've done in my past, uh, you know, at Disney and others with my love of the game. And, you know, one of the other kind of influences for me is I, you know, I used to uh, compete and coach in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, it's like a submission wrestling form. Uh, you see, you know, kind of dominate the UFC. But uh, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, is you know, very unlike a lot of different other martial arts where you really have to earn your way up the ranks. Like if someone tells you they're a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, that, you know, that's about 12 years of, very hard effort and there's someone that can probably choke you unconscious uh blindfolded and one arm tied behind your back there's no there's no given belts in that system and um when i think about golf um you know i like to i wanted i wanted to create a brand that kind of rewards someone that you know builds their talent and builds their you know their their golf skills um, in a way that's not just like, what's their handicap index that, you know, that never comes up in a conversation or very rarely does unless you're, you know, uh, like to talk about your handicap a lot, but, you know, a way to kind of show that you're really passionate about the game. You work hard on your game and that, you know, you, you've earned the right to wear uh, certain apparel, uh, and certain gear in a fun way. Um, and, uh, that's effectively what we kind of created with, you know, Asgard is, you know, there's certain tiers like the Odin tier where you, you do have to be a plus handicap and, and, or win a, say a, a big golf tournament where it's very public, 
you know, we have thing, uh, Thor line where you can show the ability to hit the long ball. You have a high club head speed or you do a feat, you know, on the golf course where, you know, maybe you try to carry water with a three wood that's like 240 yards, 250 yards into the wind. You know, something that would, you know, show a feat on the golf course. And finally, we have, you know, the Loki line, which is, you know, if you know North, uh, Norse mythology, Loki is all about the god of mischief and creating mischief. And um, if you play golf with me, you'll hear me uh, talk a lot of smack and, you know, uh, you know, just say, hey, you, you like uh, hitting a ball 300, down, you know, 300 yards down the middle and then go try to do that, like kind of hype yourself up or, you know, try to, you know, rattle your opponent. And I view that as like fun mischief, and, you know, not in like bad spirited way, but, you know, something just to, you know, create a, a fun atmosphere with your buddies. Uh, and so we have a line dedicated to that uh, where, you know, we can reward golfers with a bold personality that, you know, do like to, you know, respect the game, but also enjoy it with their friends. Cause oftentimes, you know, me, myself, I'm an amateur, you know, so I'm not trying to go out there and make money. I'm trying to maximize my happiness. And usually that involves, you know, building hype for a certain hole or a match or, you know, something. And so we effectively try to create a line that respects that and rewards golfers who shows uh, those traits. I was going to say, like, uh, just looking at your site, well, first of all, I for sure need the low-key line. I'm the clear worst golfer of the podcast. Sad that I'm the one who started this podcast. I can't play golf well, though. But, uh, I mean, it's such a unique spin on, like, golf apparel. Everyone's very, like, prim and proper in golf. I feel like when I go out, I'm more just trying to have a good time. You know, I'll mess with the buddies a little. I'm not even, you say not in, like, it will. Sometimes I'll do it and it will. I'll be honest. <laughs> I want them to screw up. I'm like, I'm going to distract them and hope this goes in the pond. No one's like <laughs> disgusted by this. But well, well, Zach, you're in luck. I'll send you a free shirt. So yeah, well, Loki shirt it. is yours. <laughs> I'll be rocking it. I mean, I, I love that. It's like, it's like a personality behind the shirt. It's just a unique, different thing. Every golf shirt is very similar to the next. It's kind of funny, Zach, now that I think about it, like we have, as our three hosts with with reed martin yourself and me we kind of do have like these three different oh my kind god of like couldn't fit it more perfect personality <laughs> yeah i know like right like reed is a bomber obviously like yeah, our dude. third co-host he's uh caddying on the lpga tour not here today but he was a division one golfer uh i think he's like six foot five 250 pounds right yeah and then so but he rips that ball oh yeah, yeah. He doesn't even have to try. And then, but he does. Oh, yeah. He takes a nice lash. And then you got me who's like just steady and like, I don't know, probably too serious about everything. So, uh, you got me. yeah, we're not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I bet, Zach, that you have uh, the best chirping ability. I bet the you best. can get inside the, the minds of your opponents and get them a little rattled. And I was saying, you know, how to take buddies, advantage. Like, I think I could take like a 20 handicap and cause you to shoot like 140. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I am like very confident in that ability. If I just have, if my only rule is I can't touch you or like I can't touch you or the ball, I could do it. Uh, you know what? I love that. And then you're a perfect, perfect match for the Loki line. That's exactly yeah. what, you know, would make the God of Mischief proud. We'll say. Yeah, I just, I just finished that, uh, that Loki uh, TV series. Pretty great, pretty great. And Zach fits the bill for sure. He always compliments himself saying he's got the best mental game. Whether, yeah. you know, he's shooting 100, but he's got the best mental game. 
<laughs> and you got to respect that. And golfers that have that ability, which is also, I think, one of the hardest things about golf is, you know, you know, keeping a strong mind. And, you know, if you had a bad shot, being able to recover from that, you know, it's obviously every teacher and pro will tell you that. But uh, having a strong mind is a very um, – hard asset to, to acquire in golf and if you got it leverage it and uh that, that's awesome that you do that zach so what's your like what's your goal for the business i, I studied a little business before Are you trying to grow it to the pro game just for the amateur level you know it's actually interesting you know i when i started asgard like my, my whole goal is like I, I don't care to make a, a cent from that you know it's not something that i care to to make money off of is more of to create something that I would personally want to use and be involved in. Um, you know, with that said, obviously, uh, I would love to, you know, to grow, uh, you know, the brand, obviously, where our initial focus is in a lot of amateurs. Uh, although we do have uh, a couple Odin uh, polo wares uh, today uh, that have played uh, on the professional stage. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we've talked to uh, quite a lot. Um, and that's definitely something that uh, I will be, uh, you know, exploring as we continue to, you know, uh, you know, push our product and build more lines and those things. So uh, initial focus will be definitely amateurs, but uh, we definitely want to have, you know, the tier with Odin that's, you know, very exclusive and, you know, a lot of, um, you know, hopefully pros uh, will end up wearing it uh, one day that, you know, appreciate the story and obviously like really high quality products. Yeah, I, I feel like you're starting to see some pros, though, go a little uh, off the, the, the paved path. I don't know what the saying is, whatever it is. Right. But <laughs> yeah. Abraham Answer, I know he has the one with the skulls on it, the, uh, like the skull, honey, whatever that is. And uh, no, no, it's like, a, it's like oh. some smaller brand. And you see, obviously, Duffner with like the dude wipes hat and even yeah. Patrick Reed, I think he has like a CBD hat. You wouldn't have seen that <laughs> 10 years ago. Oh, a hundred percent. And yeah, there definitely will be some pros that we will turn down, you know, for Asgard if they wanted to uh, to wear the gear. You know, the uh, we we have our favorites uh, over here at Asgard. We have some people that we like to cheer against, you know, for fun. Who's your guy? Who's your guy? You know, uh, I am absolutely on Team Brooks. Uh, you know, I I like um, I like a heel in sports. You know, like whether. You know, I kind of view it as if you think about like sports and especially like in combat sports, what draws the most attention? What makes people want to watch something? What adds drama, adds hype to something? It's almost always someone that is bold, confident, and is fine, someone not liking them. And when you think about Brooks, he's obviously an amazing player, elite mental game. Uh, but I love how uh, he definitely chirps Bryson a little bit and, and gets under his skin. And you see you know, some uh, escalation of tension uh, yeah, in, in that realm. And if you, again, if you think about like other sports like Conor McGregor's of the world or Mike Tyson's of the past, uh, people are even like some of the great wide receivers where they, they're a heel, but people will tune in and watch and are captivated by it, uh, whether they're cheering for them or cheering against them. Uh, but either way, they're still watching and adds excitement. Um, and I kind of view it as, as, I think it's almost like primitive in nature, where if you consider like in like, you know, uh, uh, animals in nature, if two big silverback gorillas are going to fight, it's usually because, you know, they're uh, showing aggression towards each other, their stance or posture or basically their way to communicate with each other. And then they end up fighting. But when they do fight, everyone around is watching it. And even though, you know, we're obviously have evolved past, you know, the point of, 
well, hopefully, you know, like fist fighting and adding that drama. This is kind of a way to simulate the escalation of attention that caps that uh, captivates viewers. And so with that said, it's a very long winded answer. Uh, I love, you know, golfers like Brooks, obviously Tigers, the worlds or anyone that, you know, plays boldly, likes to stir the pot a little bit and uh, have fun doing it. Love that. Love that. Yeah. I mean, you got such a unique brand here and um, I'm excited to see what happens. You, do you think you see um, branching out into just other things than just the shirts or do you think pants, hats, stuff like that will be in the works or are you just loving, you know, what you have right now? I, I heard you say it's like, it's more of a passion. I don't really, you know, advancing it would be great but you really just like wanted to start something that you really love to do and golf is something you love and I think every time we've interviewed someone um, who's starting a company that is you know the first thing that you have to have is just a passion for what you're doing and that will keep you motivated Um, but yeah I mean I guess do you think do you think you see it going branching out past shirts or um, you know, you don't have to Absolutely. tell us all your, all your secrets, uh, obviously. Um, but I think people will want to, want to, want to know more about Asgard golf. Absolutely. Yeah. I know we're, we're doing all the samplings for things like golf bags, pants, mm-hmm. hats, gloves, uh, you know, all the accessories that you will, you know, use on a daily basis on the, uh, you know, loose on the golf course. And, you know, the other thing is, again, like most of my background, at least um, in in business, is with uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, you know, led the teams at Disney, lead the practice, uh, you know, at Unum and uh, been in the space, uh, deep in the space for a while. Um, I'm absolutely exploring a couple of concepts with Asgard Golf uh, on using uh, more machine learning, artificial intelligence uh, in the game And, and more specifically um, on think about, you know, the concept of elevator pitch as a, as a virtual caddy that helps you personalize your shot strategy based off of um, your own shot shape and your distribution of outcomes. You know, we, what, I don't know what your miss is, but say, uh, you know, 80% of the time you hit straight and 20% of the time you bleed it off to the right because you have a slightly open club face. Uh, you know, using, you know, machine learning to help optimize your decision making on the golf course, especially as it pertains to sequential decision makings, because almost every, as every hole is a sequential game that you're playing in terms of your shot strategies. And so uh, we're definitely um, actively working on proof of concepts uh, to solve that exact problem. That's, that's super cool. I mean, obviously Zach doesn't need anything like that because he's like practically AI himself. Um, <laughs> I just want to come to shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, that's really interesting to think about. And again, probably something not a lot of companies are even approaching. So yeah. kudos to you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you guys. Well, yeah. how much of uh, how much of the PGA tour do you follow? Cause we're going to get into it. Uh, I, I follow quite a bit. I mean, I definitely have some blind spots in, in others, but uh, I, I love the game. I'm generally watching it, betting on it on the weekends. So Happy to share my ignorance with anyone who wants to hear it. I love it. Are you a DFS guy or a straight betting guy? 
Uh, I'm usually a straight betting guy. Yeah, I like to you know pick just uh, the money line on the winners. Uh, unsuccessfully, generally, you know, not claiming it to be. Did you uh, pick Cam Champ? Because then we're going to need you back on. You know <laughs> what? My buddy did. He bet a hundred dollars on Cam Champ. I'm not. I'm not joking. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he made a bunch of other bets, but I think his odds he got it as like plus. <laughs> I'm gonna say plus. He took he took home nine thousand dollars. It's only off hundred dollar bet, so it's like maybe. Like yeah, plus, plus nine thousand, whatever it was, but uh, did definitely did not pick Cam uh, Champ on that one. Although uh, that guy has one of the most beautiful athletic swings I think I've ever seen in golf. Watching him on slow mo, it definitely makes my back hurt a little bit. Uh, but uh, he, he's an impressive guy. I mean, what a win for him! Crazy thing, guy has uh, I think it's ten top tens in his career, and three are wins. Right. And, I mean, coming down the stretch, I was driving back from Toronto and Montreal listening to the radio, so maybe you have a better input. But they kept talking about how Champ seemed to be very, like, sick or dizzy. What was going on? I he was, was dealing with de- dehydration is what they were saying. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, impressive. He goes out and shoots five under on a Sunday. And um, I, that, was, that was a really tight, you know, leaderboard, um, definitely at the end of Great. Saturday. And, you kind of felt like, oh, who could who could go out and win this? You know, obviously, Usazen, of course, is around the top of the pack again. I don't know what is with that guy. He's incredible. Um, Crazy. And I, I wish he hold out or Schwartz or Vegas made Eagle so we could have seen maybe if the pressure got to Champ a little more. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was – what do you think of that decision-making on 18 for Champ to just pull driver? That's what I love about him. Is like how many how many players have taken a driver off that hole? I don't think that many. Well, maybe a lot, but like still, either way, that's a bold move at his club head speed. If he's one degree off on his face angle, that that thing can move 30, 40 yards left or right. And for him to have that lead and make that bold decision and still take it out, that's what made like submitted. I already liked the guy. But when he did that, I'm like, okay, now I really respect him for you know playing boldly. That's, that's what we always want to see. Like, who wants to see the guy take a four iron off the tee box when he's got the lead? No, take the big dog out, swing hard, hit the ball, and cement this thing. And that's I mean, it's what he did. And he had to escape in, you know, from hitting a little errant drive, you know, through the woods and, and closing out that, uh, you know, that wedge shot and you know, finding the putt. Um, you just got to respect it because I, I don't think every PJ Tour Pro would have done that. And crazy, I find, uh, as we saw with Morikawa, not a great putter, went on to win that. We just saw the same thing with Champ. I think he's like 200th in the world in putting, somehow comes first <laughs> this week. Like, crazy. Yeah, when those, when those ball strikers and driver of the golf balls, when those, you know, guys who can just pure it and send it, when they have a good putting week, they're very dangerous. Yeah, I think the stat, as of like a couple months ago at least, for Corey Connors, my Canadian guy, any time he finished in the top half of putting, he was coming with the top 10, 100% (laughs) of the time. Well, that's what I love about, you know, about like some of these great ball strikers. Like I always felt like like someone like Rory McIlroy, who has his off days and on days on putting, if he was as good of a putter as Tiger or some of the great putters, I, I can't – I'd have to imagine he had – he'd have at least 15 majors underneath his belt. He, he went everything. I mean, how good their ball striking is. I mean, obviously they have, 
you know, Cameron Champ seems like he struggles with putting sometimes, but if he could putt better, you know, he'd be almost nearly unbeatable. But it's always fun to see those guys when they can connect all the dots uh, and you know, really, you know, cruise to a victory. Yeah, it was a fun tournament. Um, that's a great, great golf course, fun to watch for sure. Um, but did I see something about uh, – did someone throw their club in one of the – the lakes and I think I saw something today like where some guys after the round was over went went scuba diving for was it Matt Wolf who oh I didn't I didn't see that that sounds like something Matt Wolf would do yeah I swear (laughs) I I swear yeah it was a video of these guys like snorkeling in the lake and they tagged like Matt Wolf in and they're like look what we found Matt they're expensive clubs (laughs) yeah I mean, yeah, he didn't have a we, good Sunday. He uh, shot two over on Sunday, so that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I feel like we uh, probably everyone's had the urge to throw a club in the lake, you know, after a bad shot. I think that the uh, the funny, I guess, the funny thing with pros is he gets replaced for free, and probably the only reason that we don't do it as often is we have to either go get the the, the snorkel on and go dive after it, because otherwise we're having to buy that you know that iron or club that we threw in, but. Uh, that's pretty funny. Okay. I feel like if I was a PGA Tour player, I'd like just give my clubs to like fans every time I suck. Like then you'd be, you'd be like the number one fan favorite. Like imagine if every time Matthew Wolf just had a terrible round, he just like gave his entire bag out to kids. He'd be loved. He just like walks alongside the 18th green, shaking his bag upside down. Yeah, and like, like, you can make a skit out of it. You could be like, oh, like Zadon really sucked. And then just like give it to some nice little kid. Yeah, how do you become a fan favorite? These guys don't well, get it. And now uh, with the PGA Tour rewarding the like top okay. social media, you know, favorites, you're gonna make money off of it too. Jim Herman's figured it out. <laughs> He's like huge on Twitter now. Speaking so, of, fans, if, oh, go ahead, Reed. Let's say so. If you did get a club, would you use it or would you put it on your wall ooh, as a trophy ooh. or sell it? No. Or sell? Or sell it? Yeah. I feel like it's similar to like in hockey or tennis where they're so customized that like you almost can't use it. Like I feel like you would just yeah. suck. Like they're probably so like specifically weighted. Yeah. yeah. But what, what if you try it out? What if you like, try I'm it out? And you're like, I can't hit Bryson's driver. <laughs> <laughs> just five degree or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. When I, well, I did a, a club fitting about a month ago uh, or maybe two months ago for irons. And you know how Ricky Fowler has those um, yeah. uh, those Cobra irons? Those butter knives? Uh, yeah. I, I, I tried to hit a ball with it. And I, I'm, not, I'm not even joking. I think the, the golf ball is actually bigger than the club face. Yep. Like, literally. It's, <laughs> it's about the size of an Apple TV remote, like this way. <laughs> and, uh, and so if, if I got Ricky's irons, there's no chance. I mean, I probably would try to hit it in out there and put it in the bag, but uh, it would be um, probably catastrophic results every time. It would be sweet yeah. to have a putter, though. To have a PJ. Oh, putters. Putter. Yeah. yeah you you got to use those for sure. Yeah, dude, like how sick would it be to have like Tiger Woods putter, like, <laughs> or you get like Phil's tiny putter that has like none of these like scientific things on it. You're like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh man, it, it actually sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. Yeah, but yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the Ricky Fowler read. Obviously, Fowler had a good first two days of the tournament. He was getting getting me a little excited. I always pull for the guy. 
Um, I don't know what's with him lately. He he can't even putt that well anymore like he used to. He used to be just nails putter all the time. So maybe it's a little mental at this point. But do you think he could have like a little Jordan Spieth resurgence in his career coming up? Or what do you guys think? Yeah, I definitely feel so. Like I feel like this is like my own like horrible like hypothesis. Um and I kind of, I guess we'll call it theory uh, on like golfers and performance. But I always feel like if you, I'm sure you can probably pull the data on it, but you know, you have like amazing golfers like Ricky and he's playing really hot. He'll win a tournament, a couple tournaments a year. And right when they say get married, it feels like they're on like their honeymoon and they're really focused on, you know, their family life. And, you know, they have like a two or three year period where they don't play as much, you know, golf because, you know, for very understandable reasons, you know, they're, uh, you know, being a good husband and, and hang out with their, you know, their, their new family. And it seems like they start to come out of that and refocus back on golf after a couple of years. And I wonder uh, if, if that's something going on with him in the sense that, you know, he's taking, you know, golf as, you know, a secondary thing. And now he's going to be, you know, really focusing in on it. I mean, because obviously the guy is so talented. He's got an amazing golf swing, amazing putter. And there's no reason why he hasn't won a major yet, at least I don't think. And uh, I feel like that's uh, a trend. You know, uh, the newly married guys, they'll take a two-year hiatus almost, and then they'll come back, you know, storming. And I think we've seen that, at least hopefully, you know, a little bit with George Spieth and hopefully Ricky and a couple others. Yeah, I think Fowler ran into, like, almost like the – the Ernie Els, VJ Singh type career where he got hot. His best time of the year was at the same time when Rory McIlroy was having his best golf of his career too. And like, that just was very unfortunate for him. I think that those like two or three years when Rory was won like five majors or whatever. Um, Fowler was like top five in every single one or something. So yeah. I mean, I'm sort of on the other side, though, of this. Like, I think Fowler, great player. I just think maybe he was a little bit overhyped right from the beginning. Like, came out hot, came out winning. Like, for sure, I think he's going to get a lot better than he is now. But I think his peak is much lower than Spieth's peak. Like, mm-hmm. Spieth is still not at his peak, even with how he's playing now. Like, this guy's just a dominant in major speed. And I think we're going to see that again. I do think Fowler is going to win one. At least I hope. I mean, we just saw Phil Mickelson win a major. Yeah, Fowler's got to win. All bets yeah. are off. I mean, what Phil did was incredible. So, yeah. That was such a great you know, moment to, to see Phil do that. I mean, he's such a likable guy. I don't know if you guys, like, watch his, like, social media. But, oh, yeah. Uh, the, is it the fireside chats with Phil and, you know, all the things about his power calves and all that. I mean, the guy has such a – a good personality and so he, you know, so likable. And uh, to see him pull that one out, uh, is he like, he's like 50 now or is he like 40, uh, upper 40? 50, I mean, is it, or 51. Is 50, 51. 51. Yeah. I mean, to compete with some of these young sharks, it, that's, it, it's pretty wild. I and mean, he hasn't really lost any distance. You know, you, you see a lot of these guys when they hit 45 to 50, they lose 10, 15 yards. And now there's, it's hard to compete on some of those longer courses, but, I mean, he found a way to keep his power, and obviously he's got amazing short game, and uh, it's just awesome, awesome to see. Yeah, I mean, 
I, for one, growing up, was such a Phil hater because I was a big-time Tiger guy, and I was just like, oh, I love that. Tiger's crushing Phil all the time and would never even give him his respect when Phil would win every once in a while. I'd just be like, ah, he, like, lucked into that, that stupid guy just sticking his thumb up everywhere. But the last five or so years, I have fully embraced Phil for what he is. He's the second best golfer of like my generation. Like, I mean, he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. He would have been, he would have been even greater than he was if it wasn't for Tiger. Um, so I was so happy to watch, watch him pull that off. Yeah. I, I follow a similar trajectory. I mean, I was, I'm a huge Tiger fan. And like, likewise, when growing up, I was like, ah, I hate Phil, but you know, as Tiger, you know, kind of took a little bit of a hiatus, and you start to hear Phil more and his like personality. He's just a fun, a fun character and great for the game. Uh, um, and yeah, that's awesome to see. And you, you know, you know for a fact he's going to hold that over Tiger too, for being the <laughs> oldest guy to win a major. If yeah. I'm actually really happy he did that because now that yeah, I think Tiger gets fueled off of stuff like that, and that increases the probability of Tiger making a comeback. So many times on this podcast, I've been like, just wait. Tiger's going to be the oldest guy to ever win a major. He's going to win one at 50, and everyone's going to be like, yeah, okay, there we go. Now Tiger's the greatest of all time, no doubt. And then Phil went and won. I was kind of a little mad. I was like, oh, now Tiger has to like be 51, 52 if he wants that mantle. But we'll see. If you can win one at 50, why can't you win one at 52? Yeah. <laughs> True. Moving uh, on, though, fellas. Yeah, to wrap up, wrap up the 3M real quick, Zach. The the from the back tees boys did pretty well in uh, the 3M. We got Ryan Armour up there in the T6. Obviously, uh, Hubbard top 20 in the T16. So, um, watch out for those guys. And another guy we got to talk about, Taylor Moore, an OG from the back tees guest, won on the Corn Ferry Tour two weeks ago, went 10 under par on Sunday to come solo second this week. I think it was uh, our guy Ryan Friend from Monday Q Info. He uh, talked about a bump. I mean, we had him on. Now he's like a superstar. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think he said that Taylor Moore is like 60 under par in his last like eight rounds. Holy smokes. <laughs> That's yeah, some hot golf. Yeah. But uh, this week, the Olympics, obviously, I think it's 60 – Golfers, 60, 60 male yeah. golfers are in it. It's a basically a WGC, no cut event, more or less the same. It's taking place. I'm going to butcher this. The East Course of the Kasu Migaseki Country Club in Tokyo, 92 year old course. It measures 7,447 yards, par 71, bent grass greens. Uh, outside of that, don't know too much. Tom Fazio <laughs> renovated it. Yeah, and added a ton of length. My goodness, it's that's pretty long now. Yeah, he says it reminds him of Donald Ross designs. That's uh, yeah, the inside I'm, knowledge. So, uh, yeah, Noel, what do you think about this week? I mean, I'm excited. Obviously, Olympic golf back in the fold. It's still kind of new to everyone. Um, so it's cool to see every four years. I think the players, you know, unlike a lot of other mainstream sports, I think the golfers love to go play Olympic golf and they're like, heck yeah, I want to go like, you know, don the red, white, and blue or whatever colors you are and uh, represent my country. Cause that never was a thing when I was growing up. Like I didn't get to do that. And now I can go 
I can go be an Olympian. Like, that's so cool. Um, whereas in, like, man, you see in the NBA, so many guys opt out because they're like, eh, I make my money in the NBA. And, uh, you know, I went to one Olympics and it was cool. And um, it feels like that, the like, again, I'll relate to the NBA. They're supposed to win the USA team, but my goodness, they don't want to talk about that French game or any of the other exhibition games we've already had. So good luck, Team USA. Um, but again, the U.S. has a very strong team. They're the only the only uh, country out there that had four players um, qualify. Um, what was it like? So top 15 in the world, if you have up to four you players from your country, you can send them. Otherwise, you it's yeah the top 60 and if you have up to two you can send two players yeah, yeah. i mean a couple of crazy storylines first off not to get into anything political but what the hell with john ram i mean he couldn't test how do you test positive twice in a month there has to be some <laughs> mistake somewhere yeah i, I, yeah, I was I surprised know. to hear that yeah that was, uh, it was like it was like two months in between the tests like that uh and he's apparently like vaccinated now too so they don't have that on him like i don't get it <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. I mean, like, first he was cheated out of two million bucks at the memorial. Now the Olympics. The one part where I could, like, at least it's not so terrible, he's from a country like Spain where, assuming he doesn't completely fall off a cliff, he should get another chance or yeah. probably multiple other chances. But for I mean, sure. You never know, though. It, and yeah. didn't Bryson test positive, too? So Bryson's out of it. Uh, Bryson's I mean, out, and really and we're inserting Captain America himself back. <laughs> Dude, uh, Patrick Reed is one of the most controversial characters in the world, so it's, it is suiting that we send him over <laughs> to Japan <laughs> to represent us. Uh, so many things we could talk about Patrick Reed. He blocked us on Twitter, right, Zach? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we really? We've been blocked so, for ages now. So the the storyline when we released our Loki series was that Loki stole Patrick Reed's green jacket to make his polo because Patrick Reed didn't deserve it. Uh, and that's kind of like the storyline where it's like jokingly said. But uh, when I also said that I liked uh, heels in sports, I meant it from like a personality standpoint, not someone that's out there openly cheating on the golf course. So. Yeah. We're not the biggest Patrick uh, Reed guys, to say the least. Well, me neither. He doesn't see it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> there's not many yeah not many Patrick Reed guys out there so he's got a he's got a small circle and he probably makes it smaller every time he goes out and play I'm I'm very interested to see if something happens with him in the Olympics that would be you know just another cherry on top but um it's going to be exciting for sure um Canada's got Canada you guys got two guys with Connors and and Hughes yeah and Hughes yep so that'll be I mean, it's crazy. If you ask Adam Hadwin probably three years ago if he thinks where he's at in the rankings, if he's in the Olympics, he'd probably say it's a lock. I mean, Canada hasn't been good. In, like, even if, if you were 100th in the world in golf for Canada, you probably think you make it. Right. Yeah. They've just gotten so good the last couple of years. There's so many guys. Like, Roger Sloan was the top of the leaderboard last week. Michael Glidjek, you saw. Crazy. Yeah. So who'd you guys bet on? Uh, for the Olympics? Mm-hmm. Haven't bet yet, but I got some daily fantasy. I'm the daily fantasy guy. Nolan's not really a better, but our guy Reed's pretty big better. 
But uh, yeah. I like to say, we give a bump to the guys who come on the podcast. We don't, however, pick guys correctly. We're we terrible at picking. <laughs> Hideki got, at the Masters is the only thing we've gotten right. We've got other got writers. That one right? Well, yeah. I picked that one. Let's not act like it's impressive, though. We've been doing this podcast for two years. I've won right. Like, <laughs> and we're going to focus on the wins, baby. We're going to focus on the wins. That's gold. That's gold. If you, if you want advice, we've got great stuff on our from the stadium website. We've got a lot of guys who do daily fantasy and all that. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no one. Who do you like? Well, you know what? I, I don't know if I want to yeah, pick someone, but just to – Highlight on some more of the storylines. Obviously, the Korean golfers have a huge motivation um, to go out and win this week or medal, I should say. As some people may or may not know, uh, the Korean uh, government, if you medal in the Olympics, um, you are you do not have to serve in the military. They have like a mandatory military service for like every 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 single person. In the, in the country um so huge you know you'll see korean because you'll see a korean player like on the pj tour and then he'll be gone for like two or four years or whatever and you're like what happened and then obviously that really hurts their game being away from it for that long so if they really want to make a sustained career out of it they got to cash in on the olympics so siwoo kim is a is an interesting guy to look at there and Obviously, it's it's in Asia, so I'm sure it's a course he's more familiar with. Um, so. Well, they, they, him and Sungjae both skipped the Open to practice for this. Yeah, they do what they think. Then again, you got loads of pressure, probably right. And you know, Hideki dealt with that great, having all that pressure, and everyone knows how Japan just loves their golf. And when he was Gosh, everyone is probably betting against him um, going into Sunday at the Masters because he has just so much pressure to go out there and win it. Um, but, you know, he stayed calm, cool, and collected and got it done. So, obviously, Hideki's probably a popular pick being in Japan this week. So, there's there's a lot of different different ways you could go um, for sure. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily really think – and Amer- if I was going America versus field, I think I picked the field for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm with you. So you you go with uh, who do you go with? Any any uh, single pick, or you're just gonna beat around the bush here, Nolan? Yeah, you know what? Um, I will, I will go see Wu Kim. Why not? I see it. Oh, but well, do we want to go first, second, third? Are we going gold, silver, bronze too? Yeah, why know? not? Let's do it. Okay. All right. Well, let's do let's let's do it in rounds. I'll take Siwoo for my gold. Okay. Uh, Reed, it's on you. Who's your gold medalist? I, I got Colin Morikawa. Hey, that's a sucker pick. Yeah, Fine, that's great. a sucker bet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we go. This is why we don't get any right. I mean, to be fair, my pick. I got to go for the gold. I tweeted it out. Joaquin Neiman, twenty-two to one. Kid's a stud. I just love the Chileans now, like Mito Pereira also, just incredible. I think this yeah. course is going to be like a birdie fest too. So Yeah, I, guess I like we'll, that. Let's do snake draft, so we'll go, I'll go my silver now, you know? Be fair. Okay. Silver, though, the pressure's on for Sung J.M. <laughs> yeah. He's going to do it. I mean, this guy skipped the Open Championship. He must think he has a very good chance. 
He's not skipping yeah. it because he thinks he's going to – because he's hoping to come top 30. He's skipping it because he wants that medal. And do you think there's anyone in the Olympics who cares less about whether they get bronze, silver, or gold than these three guys? Than those two guys? <laughs> They're just like, give me something. <laughs> yeah, like they probably – they get a gold, they get a bronze, same thing to them. They just want the hardware. Right. So That's- I got silver is Patrick Reed. And here's the reason why. The guy, I think, loves shattering dreams. I feel like he, he knows everyone would be, like, hate to see him up on the podium. But he gets <laughs> so much joy from that that he's going to be focusing on every shot, every putt. And it's like, I don't think he has a negative pressure, you know, too much pressure in the sense that no one, I don't think, expects him to do that well. But I feel like he plays his best when everyone wants to see him lose. And I think almost everyone wants to not, doesn't want to see him on the podium. So I got, I got Patrick Reed going silver. Cool. Cool. I like that. Well, Zach, you took my silver. I was going to go Korean all the way. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to jump down um, and steal one of your guys. I'm going Corey Connors. I'm going Canadian. Damn, damn, damn. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, Corey's, He's just been playing great all year, um, and I think it'd be really good for Canadian golf to see someone someone medal. So that'd be pretty cool for them. And then I guess to round out and get my uh, my my bronze medalist in, um, gonna go with the best player in the field. I'm gonna go Justin Thomas. Um, find his way on the podium. He. Um, tweeted out today um something pretty funny he said went into the olympic village for a nice workout last night safe to say there weren't many athletes fighting me for the 20 pound dumbbells <laughs> so uh yeah there's a lot of great obviously world-class athletes there sometimes golfers aren't quite qualified as a world-class athlete even though we all know they are that there's so many different parts of the swing that are athletic but maybe the bicep curls aren't quite Justin Thomas's forte. <laughs> <laughs> so I got uh, Abraham Answer uh, winning uh, bronze. And the reason being is uh, he is the first person to be sponsored by Mira, who makes like, you know, the legendary forged irons. They're based out of Japan. And I feel that uh, he probably is, you know, speaking with, uh, the founder of Mira, who they call the hands of God because he makes iron so well, that he's learning the secrets of Japanese golf and he's going to come out there and perform. I'm That's walking a- Abraham answer into the DraftKings lineup <laughs> with that intel. That is great <laughs> insight right there. Have people been talking about this or is this like insider information that you know? Oh, this is, uh, you know, insider information. So uh, <laughs> I'm like, sharing it to the public. Like he's a lock now. He's a lock. No, he's lineup. a lock. Yeah, but, I think he's uh, plus two thousand right now. <laughs> but he's he's in the lineup. He's in the lineup. For I'm not even kidding though. That's like dead serious. I am because <laughs> I buy that narrative. But for for me, my bronze medal, debatably, no, not the best player in the field. Let's be honest. Justin Thomas still is, but Xander Schauffele, bronze yeah. medal. I feel like this is like perfect for him. You know, like he's not known for winning. He's just known for winning bronze. At every yeah, there you go. He's known <laughs> for getting close, that's for sure. So, I mean, we just picked nine guys. Somehow, none of those nine are going to be on the podium. 
Probably. <laughs> I would, gosh, I hope we at least get one guy on the podium from our nine picks. Like, we got all the Americans, um, and then we got probably, uh, what else? Like, most of our guys are in the, the South Koreans. Yeah. yeah. We got one of the Canucks. Yeah. Do you think Cam Smith? What do you think his chances are? I like Cam Smith. He could putt it well. I think he has a chance. He's another one of those guys that, like, he could get hot with the putter. Yeah. I think he gained 10 strokes putting, like, one uh, a couple of tournaments ago at the Sony Open when he won. No one picked Hideki, though, huh? No, it's not his time. It was the Masters was his time, Nolan. Now he's yeah, that'd be the just glory. too much of a good thing if he won the Masters yeah. and the Olympics. Yeah. Not his time. Yeah. I feel that, you know, he may have a decent shot. I feel like the guys that adapted to the time zone change, like I, I don't know when all the golfers came over there, but hopefully they got over there at least a week before, you know, the, the tee off time. But uh, hopefully none of them are dealing with jet lags. So I can imagine that anyone who is is uh, not going to have the best uh, couple of rounds of golf. Well, you picked Patrick Reed and, He's had one of the crazier trips around the world. I mean, him and a couple other guys too, but going from Sandwich, England to Blaine, Minnesota to <laughs> Tokyo, Japan in three weeks. I mean, I don't like flying. That, this, that sounds like my worst nightmare. That's a, that's a lot of uh, miles he's racking up for sure on his uh, credit card statements. Patrick Reed lives in the nightmares though, dude. He's that kind of crazy. <laughs> he embraces it. His need to win and, like, crush our hearts and spirits is greater than the power of the jet lag. You know, I feel <laughs> like with him, he's, like, almost immune to it. Right. Let's touch on the – I mean, the women's side is very intriguing, I think. There's a lot of really good players in the women's Olympics. Brooke given Anderson. the Yeah, of course, Brooks there. You got and – in this case, we got two countries with four because South Korea has such a – crazy influence in the LPGA and then obviously the United States is still pretty dang good um, when it comes to the women as well so you got four from each of those countries um, and Australia is great at golf they got two in the top 15 um, and it's gonna be a fun one and like then you got like players you know I feel like there's you could see some pretty deep um, deep you know, picks. I think uh, like Mexico has two really great players. When you got, um, oh gosh, I was just looking. Uh, Maria Fossi is playing, and then uh, Gabby Lopez, right? Yeah, Gabby Lopez is in. I mean, I would not be surprised to see Mexico up there on the podium. That'd be pretty cool for them because, um, you know, people don't really think. Mexico when you think golf unless you're like vacationing there <laughs> yeah. or Lee the sixth let's not get canceled like Hank Haney but Lee six yeah that's got to be up there with a good pick yeah oh yeah and MB Park I think it's gonna be pretty strong uh there's yeah there's a couple of great players it, it'll be fun to see how that one shakes out as well yeah of course the Corda sisters like how cool is that to be you know being in the Olympics with your sister. Great. Uh, and their brother, I don't think he made it, but he must have been pretty close to Sebastian Court, a tennis player. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He must not have made it, but he if this was four years later, he would have. Guys, can, like, can you 
Can you imagine that mere situation though? Like you're playing with your sister and only one of you guys gets on the podium that you will forever hold that over their head. Can you imagine <laughs> if they were South Korean now? <laughs> oh like, yeah. One of us is going to the army. It ain't going to be me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, oh that's hilarious. But yeah, I mean, Olympic golf, everyone, I mean, I feel like, it's going to start picking up more. People are going to start falling in love with Olympic golf. Um, it's just still a little too new for everyone, I feel like. Yeah. Um, the Olympics this year in general, if I'm going to be honest, have been really hard to like figure out. Obviously, being hours behind, uh, you know, being in Japan versus U.S., really hard to watch. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of new faces in, um, in the Olympics for, for at least the U.S. right now. Um, I don't know. It's good that we have this Canadian perspective too. Uh, have different countries on this podcast. So um, I don't know. What do you guys agree more? What do you? What is Canada feeling like? Is it's the same thing. It's been really hard to keep track of everything. Like yeah. I feel like I just wake up and it's like, oh, Canadian won the gold in swimming. It's like, oh, <laughs> miss that. Like they need to have a better way to like alert people of when the events are going on. Like I feel like they're not like letting people know the times and stuff and. Or it's, it's harder to find. I don't know. There's a lot. There's so many events going on at once. So many, yeah. But, you know, I don't know where the next Olympics is. But I have uh, one question to close things off here with the Olympics talk. It doesn't have to do with golf at all. But uh, Olympic gymnastics, right? There's a minimum age. You got to be 18. I'm fairly certain. Like, that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. How come in the skateboarding they're all thirteen? I I didn't oh. get that at all. When I saw the was it the winner from the winner was thirteen and silver was thirteen. And in like the men's, the guy who was like the first person ever to do like a ten eighty is like twelve. Yeah. <laughs> I guess because now they all figured out they're just so light that it's like it makes it so much easier to spin like that. But yeah, I, why is there no age requirement? It seems so arbitrary. It's like, I, I want to see whoever the best in the world is at the given sport, no matter their age, let them compete and see. Yeah. Like, it, it feels so arbitrary. Yeah, or, or have the cutoff equal for each sport. <laughs> yeah. Kind of odd. Imagine Definitely kind of odd. 12 and just like at the Olympics, though, like winning. Yeah, I wonder it, if, like... like... Go ahead, uh, oh, I was going to say, like... How do you how do you get those rankings when you're pulling like twelve and thirteen? I mean, there's obviously like these events and tournaments that I go to for skateboarding and stuff like that. But I feel like it'd be really hard to like make the Olympics at that age. Like, yeah, someone's got to all, let us You know, know, there's all these professionals who already. I don't know how they do that ranking because I feel like as like a thirteen year old, either you're just like getting in because you got invited almost. Or, like, how do you even build up enough, you know, credential, you know, you've won all these things in, like, two years or something? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, was, was that kid pulling 1080s, you know, at 11? You know, like, like how, did, how did he get in? Because, I mean, you got to imagine you're at that age, you're probably growing a couple inches every year at minimum. You know, like, you're, you're – I, I guess my point is there's probably – his progression in skateboarding, I don't, I don't, I've only watched him do his 1080. I haven't watched his career at all, but I can't imagine he was that good 
or doing that level of a trick like two years ago. And so to your oh. point, like, how do you get in? If you just like bust that out, like a practice session a couple months ago, people were like, okay, dude, you've got to get to the Olympics. Like you've got to go in now. <laughs> like you got to take your first flight there. You're in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, you quit doing, you know, uh, algebra and get your butt in the Olympics, man. Like it's, it's time. Uh, yeah. That's, it's it's uh, interesting to watch. Yeah, well, Nolan, why don't you close us off with a tiger fact as we do for every show because we got to leave the people with what they like. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm going to be super lazy this week um, because uh, it's a tiger fact, right? It's the Olympics week, right? Well, unfortunately, our guy Tiger has never been an Olympian. So the stat this week is zero. He has <laughs> zero <laughs> Olympic appearances, zero medals, and it's a good man, stat because it's a shocking stat. Yeah, with all this world problems and Tiger's injuries and all that, it's been really unfortunate that he's even been able to play in one. Um, you know, obviously he was coming back from injury back in 2016, and then we have COVID, and it's uh, it's been a perfect storm to keep Tiger out. So it's probably something kicked up by Phil Mickelson, but either way, um, I, you know, maybe, maybe one. I don't know. What do you guys think? It's even possible that he would qualify there for the Olympics in twenty twenty four. No. Yeah, that. I mean, that just seems. I mean, if they were able to choose who they send, then I think yes. But the fact right. that it's very like set in stone that it's just the top four if you're four in the top 15 or two whatever i yeah. mean it's like he, he could be in the top 60 in the world he almost for sure won't make it oh yeah sure. the only like the only way i see it happening is like that's a great no he'd have to be top 15 he'd have to be top 15 and there'd have to be not only top 15 he has to be top 15 and then top four american see i wasn't gonna go that far i'd almost see it like Maybe there's like five other Americans ahead of them, but like they're like, no, we've been to the Olympic. Maybe it's JT. No. They're like, we've been to the Olympics. We'll we won't go, and Tiger gets to go for me. <laughs> kind no of thing. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a again. Yeah, probably no chance. <laughs> yeah. Well, Reed, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, great having you hopefully we'll have you on again soon maybe some developments in the business we know you're really making moves there and we've appreciated it well uh guys it's a pleasure chatting with you guys thank you guys so much for having me on uh fun conversation and uh we'll be in touch yeah check out asgard golf baby thank you for listening to from the back tees Toward the hole, and it's in with Bernie. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm gonna enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.